welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. We are talking Penn State football. Quarter number one, we took care of the news, got everyone updated on that. As promised, quarter number two, we're going to start talking stay or go. Dustin, at the end of every season now, with the transfer portal readily available to everyone, there are so many players who are entering the portal or they're making that decision to go to the NFL. And all of these players need some help making the decisions. Most folks who are whispering in their ear have an ulterior motive, whether it's the coaching staff or an agent or friends or high school coach. I am, this is a public service we're providing to those players where you, Dustin, the unbiased authority, are going to help out all the Penn State players make a decision on what they should do. Are you ready for that, my friend? Yeah, and I'll just say in advance here, humbly, you're welcome. (laughs) Have you ever done anything humbly, Dusty? All right, I'm going to start with an easy one for you. Let's start this segment on the offensive side. Let's start with an easy one. Jahan Dotson, what do we do? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I just wrote my notes, duh. That was the 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 only thing I wrote. I mean, this decision was a difficult one last year where he had shown some flashes. He had um, made his, a name for himself, had proven himself as a number one wide receiver, but he didn't exit the 2020 season with a lot of NFL heat because he's, you know, he's undersized, didn't have a reputation as being a burner. You know, he wasn't that guy who was going to necessarily bring four sub four, three speed. So I think NFL personnel, people didn't really know exactly what to make of Jahan Dawson could kind of see the makings here. Well, he kind of blew that out of the water in 2021. The unbelievable production, the body control, the hands, playing bigger than than he looks, uh, had shown that speed and 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 proved that speed um, against a variety of opponents. There's nothing left to prove for him. Uh, he was Mel Kuyper's number one wide receiver as of a few weeks ago. I don't think that ha- that has changed. So really, you're just looking at a guy. Is he a first-round pick or is he going to slip out of the first round because of that position and the depth there? and and all that. That's really the only thing to look at, but he's going to interview off the charts. He's probably going to test off the charts. His film's going to speak for itself. The only thing that's going to drive him out of the first round is if there's a billion really, really good wide receivers and not a lot of urgency necessarily to chase after them in the first round. He could be a, a product of that position, but I still think he's got a really, really good shot to, to go in the first round because that, when he goes to the combine, not only is he going to look good in shorts, he's going to sound really good in the interview room too. And I think teams are going to recognize what kind of asset they're getting off the field and how he can be a, a, a leader type player for uh, for a, a franchise. And I think that's going to help him a lot. And as far as testing, I think he's going to test a lot faster than people realize. So, yeah. and one other note here, Dustin, you said um, as loyal listeners to our show, know, you send me your notes and your notes. You actually had two notes here. One of them was duh. The other one, it just says here, note to self, 
called Jahan Dotson and offered to be his agent. What was that about? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the offer and see if he accepts. I mean, if he if he wants somebody who takes a higher commission than most agents, but doesn't have any experience, training, or education whatsoever, he'll take me up on that offer. We'll see. Um, but uh, the other note I have is I'm gonna try to persuade him to change his middle name to Freakin. <laughs> All right, I I think it's that inexperience that is your best selling point there, Dusty. All right, let's. Let's move from the easiest decision to, I think, perhaps the most talked about, if not the toughest decision, and that's Sean Clifford, and he has a choice. He has an extra year available. He could come back to Penn State. He could try his luck with the NFL. He could also enter the transfer portal for a fresh start somewhere else or just say, you know what, I'm done, time to start the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, this is really hard to try to forecast because a lot of different things are in play here. I mean, James Franklin has been loyal to him for a long time. Some might argue too loyal for too long, uh, would it look. But then you look at the first, you know, four games of this season, you can kind of see and dream upon the possibility of Jahan Do- or uh, Sean Clifford being well-protected, uh, being healthy, and really being w- with an offensive coordinator who can use his ability, and you can kind of dream upon that. But to me, I mean, these six-year situations are going to be really, really tough for programs because they're now going back to that 85 scholarship squeeze. Uh, Penn State set a tone, I think, when they put their roster together and they didn't account for that additional COVID season when they when they listed players' eligibility, kind of set the tone that it might take a special circumstance to bring a player back. And that's that's both player and coach. So I, I can picture James Franklin and Sean Clifford sitting down and saying, boy, Sean, we had a good run. We have enjoyed your, your grit, your work ethic, your leadership, all the stuff that made you special. But we do have a promising freshman on the, on the depth chart now. We have two promising freshmen coming in in the 2022 class. I do think it's just time for a change at this position. It's time to kind of mutually part ways. That's my expectation. But I do think if Sean Clifford was insistent on coming back, maybe Penn State would take him back. But I, I feel like he would be best served to try to get out of the Penn State system, move on to another program that needs a veteran quarterback and wants to take a shot on him that's going to value him maybe a little bit more. So uh, I, I expect him to move on. I don't expect him to give up football. I also don't think the NFL is a real legitimate consideration at this time. The only problem with that, Dustin, the conversation with James Franklin and Sean Clifford is maybe maybe James Franklin says, hey, how about one more time, guy? You, you've had a new offensive coordinator year after year. Give it one more shot with Yursich. Tutor, mentor the young kids. And what a great way. And do you want to go out at 7-5? and five? So, And I'm, I'm thinking Sean Clifford's the type of kid he might want to come back for another one. The other thing with being a grad transfer is, another system for him to learn i'm not sure he'd be into that let's get another uh, tough one and that's rasheed walker uh left tackle if he had talked to me before the season i would have said he's automatic he's off to the nfl after this year highly regarded he did not have a good year he didn't get to a place where he went from he's a solid guy to with, with potential left you know, each year that he goes on without making a truly uh, elite jump, 
You know, I think you can look at the frame. You can look at the athleticism. He's got three years worth of film. I, I get all that, but he hasn't really taken that opportunity and run with it to, be, to make a slam dunk case as a first round pick. I still think he leaves. I still think that that NFL teams are going to see that he does have a rare combination of of, of feet, frame, and athleticism, and and want to take on that project. I think he's a guy who could maybe stick at left tackle if the best case scenario unfolds. Somebody's gonna gonna look at what they see from from him and think that there's more that he can do, and that's all you need. Uh, NFL tackles. It's hard to find them. They tend to rise up draft boards late in the process. Maybe he tests really well. I I, I don't think there's a whole lot less for him, him to prove. I just don't know that he got into that first round mix. You know, I think he was looking to get over the top. I don't think the year that he had made him a first round pick. I think it's solidified that he's going to be a little bit later in the process than that. Um, it's hard to it's hard to see him slipping too too far. But I I, I see a second or third rounder personally. Let's move on. In fact, I'm going to take care of this one for you. Taquan Roberson, duh, I think he's gone. He didn't show much. The coaches show less confidence in him having Christian Vayu pass him by. I think it's in his best interest, the team's best interest, if he made the move. And I think most of us expect that. Let's package Dustin the, a couple running backs on our list together. Devin Ford and Keziah Holmes. Yeah, I I didn't think we'd get there with both of the with both of these guys, um, where where we're talking about what's best for them. But the way the depth chart played out this year, neither of them was really a factor, and I don't think they were ever going to be a factor. To have Noah Kane be you know a, a fraction of his former self, um, Kevon Lee never really got the green light to to take this backfield over until late. Uh, but Kevon Lee jumped both of them. I mean, he's been ahead of Keziah Holmes since last year, but he jumped uh, Devin Ford because of uh, what he did last year. Um, and then for John Lovett, who, you know, I, I, I guess I really never got it with John Lovett, why, why he was, um, you know, valued more so than these guys. But, you know, the coaching staff didn't really give Devin Ford a chance. They didn't unleash him, uh, really. So I think it would make sense for him to, to move on. I think there would be power five interest for sure uh, in him. And then with Keziah Holmes, uh, I still like him a lot. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to explore the transfer portal or not. I kind of expect that with, with him. Because if you go two years and you're working behind the scenes and the, and the Penn State staff never really um, gives you that opportunity, then what else are you supposed to do? I, I don't think that's going to change a whole lot overnight from 2021 to 22. So I think both of these guys are, are gone. Certainly at least one of them is gone. And the one difference between the two of them was Devin Ford played, but very sparingly. Keziah Holmes, this could actually be his redshirt year. So I think this is another one where the coaching staff would say, okay, Keziah, let's let the room clear out a little bit. Let's give yourself a year as the redshirt year and develop. Last year, we forced you in as a freshman. Uh, so I, I think that might be the case. What do the coaches want? And let's not forget, the coaches also have some influence here. I'm not talking about processing kids. I'm not saying they're shoving them out the door. But I think they give them a realistic expectation for next season and where they fit into the depth chart. Um, let's hit the wide receiver area, Dusty. Daniel George, Cam Sullivan Brown, Norval Black. 
all lumped together. Any any of them you think should come back? What's the story? I think they can all benefit from from trying to get a fresh start someplace. Daniel George, you know, I I, I have always liked his kind of well-rounded athleticism and skill set. Just hasn't been a factor at Penn State. And we don't know really know how he's practiced or, or whatever, but just hasn't come together for him. It looks like maybe he can benefit by going down to um, a group of five school or, or maybe even an FCS school and, and becoming the guy there. Maybe he's an old Dominion guy with that – you know, with that route well carved out between Penn State and, and Ricky Ronnie down there. Cam Sullivan Brown, you know, we've seen him in bits and pieces and flashes, but I don't think his role was ever destined to grow. Norval Black, we haven't really seen him at all. So these are three veteran type guys who are, you know, when you talk about those tough conversations, James Franklin can kind of paint the picture. Look, it hasn't happened for you now. We've got a bunch of young guys coming in. We've got a bunch of, uh, of young guys that we like right now. I don't see it happening for you in the future either, kind of making that decision for them. If I could summarize this with these offensive players that were on our list, and there's like nine, nine or ten names here. Essentially, Dusty, you just said hit the road to all of them. It's going to clear up lots of scholarships. And it's probably true for most of them. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number two. Quarter number three, we're going to say stay or go on defense. Stick around for that. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light want to remind you that fall is the best season. Why? Because of football. Leaves. Fantasy football. Flannel. Beards. Tailgating. Oh, yeah, and more football. Welcome to the best season ever. Grab some Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Because it's time to get undomesticated. Beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. Always enjoy responsibly. 